2: now
4: It's finally here. Avatar, The Last Airbender, the live action series produced by Netflix. And guess what? It's about what I expected, which was not very much at all whatsoever. Now, don't get me wrong. There are positives in this series. I will go over the positives in this series. It's definitely better than the M. Night Shyamalan movie. But the thing is, fundamentally, you shouldn't be adapting animation to live action because there are certain stories that just work better when they're animated and live action in that regard can be an inferior art form and best case scenario you're going to have something that's almost as good as the animation however with this netflix show you have something that is nowhere near as good as the animation now we're going to get into this i'm going to break this down but before i do i want to thank everybody who signed up on actualjusticewarrior.com slash join
0: give me the money give you give me the money okay
4: and thank you to the podcast listeners Spotify Apple and Google's podcasting platform so right off the bat I do want to say that there are positives and that's what I want to cover in the open of this and a lot of the positives actually have to do with the casting of this series the actor that plays Zuko I never wanted a live action version of this character or any of these characters but if you're going to get somebody to do it he does an excellent job in that role the casting of Daniel Day Kim as Fire Lord Osai he looks menacing he looks villainous He got in shape for this role. I can respect the hell out of it. They did an excellent job in that department. And the character that plays Sokka... Looks a lot like Sokka, sounds like Sokka. You couldn't have found a better live-action person to play that role. It is very unfortunate that his character is so underwritten in this series. On top of that, you have Suki from the Kiyoshi Warriors, an absolutely beautiful girl. Like, let's be real, they did a good job with that particular casting as well. And even though I'm going to rail against a bunch of pointless changes that they made in this series, there's one change that they made, and that is Zuko actually actually has his ship crewed by the same division that he saved in that war meeting from being slaughtered when he protested against them being used as essentially a distraction cannon fodder in order to get killed crewing his ship which leads to a situation where they all discover they owe their lives to Zuko and the reason he has his face burned is because he wasn't willing to let them all get massacred just to be a distraction just to win one victory in the Earth Kingdom that's actually the one Change throughout the whole course of the series that benefited it positively. But as far as good things related to the series, that's about it. Also, Iroh, I know a lot of people are saying the guy who plays him is pretty good, but the thing is, Iroh in the animation is a special, unique character, and that guy's about as good as you could be with the live action version, but you can never truly bring out the spirit of that character in live action, in my opinion. Now, on to the bad. Now, from the opening scene of this show. The <laughs> cat I knew that we were going to have major problems. So the opening run of this series for some ungodly reason takes place a hundred years in the past before the firebenders wipe out the air nomads. And it's a chase scene at night of the firebenders chasing an earthbender with a message that needs to be delivered. This is very Star Wars-y. It's very on the nose and it's incredibly stupid. Also, all the information that is communicated in this opening scene is information that is better communicated in the opening of each episode of Avatar, where they talk about the four nations living in peace and everything changing when the Fire Nation attacks, because basically Sozin gives this false intelligence that the Fire Nation is going to invade the Earth Kingdom, and it's all a trap to get them distracted so he can actually kill the air nomads, and none of this needed to be explained for as long and as thoroughly in this way, except for the fact that the showrunners think that the adult audience that they're aiming for with this series is significantly dumber than you were when you were children and you watched the animated series. On top of that, the insult to your intelligence goes even further when it is revealed that the Air Nomads are all gathering at the Southern Air Temple so they can be in one place so they can all get killed at the same time because they are celebrating the comet or whatever, and the series, the showrunners, they think you're too stupid to imagine the Fire Nation attacking the Northern, Southern, Eastern, and Western Air Temple because your brain can't possibly imagine Imagine ...a four-pronged attack by the most sophisticated military in the universe that we're dealing with. So, already... This was a big red flag. And on top of that, Ang leaves basically the same day because the storm is also occurring, so it's already a mess from the opening scene. But to be clear, I'm not here to summarize the plots of episodes. What I want to focus on is this writing strategy that the writers came up with for this series and they apply it at each and every point to make changes just so you think, "Wow, this is different from the original," even though each of these changes absent the one that I talked about with crew makes the series significantly worse, and this is what I'd like to dub the Uno reverse card style of writing, where something happens in the original, and then the reverse happens here, or a character was one way in the original, and then Uno reverse. It happens completely different, and it happens to each and every character, and it's horrible every single time, and considering the plot is still going in the same direction, it kind of undercuts the premise of the series, because a story is like a butterfly effect. If you change something, it should have reverberations on the rest of the tale, but this doesn't happen because these writers are amateurs. So what do I mean by this? Well, I think it's best for me to go through the characters one by one by one so you can understand the Uno reverse card way of writing them. So if you guys remember the original series, Zuko speaks out in a war council meeting. Because he spoke out in said meeting, he ends up disrespecting his father inadvertently, and there is a challenge for an Agni Kai. Zuko accepts it because he thinks he's calling out the general and he'll be fighting him one-on-one, but then when he shows up, it is revealed that his father, the Fire Lord, is his opponent. Now Zuko begs for mercy, he refuses to fight his father, and as punishment, he gets his face burned. Now, in this particular series, Zuko tries pleading for mercy, he tries not fighting his father, but then he decides to fight his father, and to make things even weirder, there's actually a point in time where he gets the upper hand on him shows him mercy and he gets burned for showing him mercy. So, in the beginning of this series, Fire Lord Ozai, the most powerful firebender, might actually be weaker than Zuko. Like, that's the information they're communicating from us. And Zuko gets his face burned, but Ozai is crying during the process of burning his face. More on that later when we talk about the Uno reversing of Ozai's character. Now, when he's recovering, Zuko is told by General Iroh that his vision is perfectly fine. Now, this This is an Uno reverse of Zuko from the original series, who actually had blurred vision on one side of his face, which by the way is crucial to his character. It's the story representing the internal struggle that he has on. He has duality on his face, he has blurred vision, he doesn't see the world straight, and that is something that represents part of his journey on his way to his character arc. But they take that away because Uno reverse and the showrunners don't get that. But as for Ozai, like I said, throughout the course of the series, for some reason, he she cares about Zuko, sees him as his clear favorite child, and he doesn't feel the same way about Azula, which again is the opposite of the series. And Azula is constantly seeking the approval of her father, while Zuko acts like he doesn't need approval, even though he wants to go back home. This is again a weird Uno reversal because Zuko's whole quest is about returning and restoring his honor. Now, by the way, because I commented positively on some portions of the cast, I do want to point out that Azula, May, and are are horribly cast. They look terrible. On top of that, a lot of the costumes, while true to the animation, they look basically brand new, and they don't have that realistic feel, and they look awkward in live action. So, yeah, there's some issues there. But back to the characters, because this is most crucial. So, Katara and Sokka also have some Uno reverses. Now, I'm sure you guys know that Sokka's character arc, where he's kind of sexist, and he's trying to represent what he thinks a man should be, because he doesn't have any male models. ...has been completely cut out... ...reduced, dumbed down... ...in every way possible... ...like everything else in this series... ...and that really negatively impacts his character... ...because what we see is him actually learn... ...what it actually means to become a man... ...however, he doesn't have the same issue... ...starting out that he had before... ...and on top of that... ...he's kind of uno-reverse-carded with Katara... ...in that instead of Katara... ...taking on the role of the mother... ...which led to one of the more beautiful scenes... ...in the entire series... Where Sokka says when he imagines his mother's face, he actually sees Katara because she's always been looking out for him. He then gets referred to as being like their father... Because, you know, Uno reverse and Katara has almost none of the problems and conflicts that she has in season one. A perfect example of this is in the original series, Ang was naturally talented at water bending. And by the way, this set up a future character arc for when in season two, he couldn't do earth bending because he always assumed that bending would come so naturally to him just because he was the avatar. But this actually angers Katara in season one because she struggles mightily with water bending. Well, guess what? Uno reverse card to that character arc because Aang does not bend one drop of water in regular form. There's Avatar State stuff that he does throughout the whole course of the series. But Katara is naturally like a great waterbender. And in fact, her character arc concludes when she goes to the North Pole and she challenges Master Paku, who refuses to teach her because she's a woman and they don't teach women to fight in the Northern Water Tribe. And even though she knows she's going to lose to him, she puts up a good fight, Haku realizes that her necklace, which, by the way, has no significance in this series, is the one that he carved for her grandmother, and he changes his mind, trains her, and then she becomes a waterbending master. Well, in this series, Uno reverse card, Katara is just declared a waterbending master, and there's a horrible scene where Zuko is fighting her, and he's losing. He's like, wow, I guess you found a master. And she's like, I did. Me, I am Katara, and I don't need no man to teach me water bending, And it's cringe and terrible and horrible, while at the same time completely undercutting Aang's development, who, again, doesn't bend one drop of water. In fact, when Aang becomes the moon spirit at the end of the show, or actually he becomes the ocean spirit because the moon spirit gets killed, he's not even bending water inside the bubble like he was in the anime. He's just Godzilla smashing the ships. Now, if you think this Uno reverse card style of writing applies to only your mainline characters, You'd be exactly dead wrong. It applies to the side characters as well. Remember King Boomi from the original series? Aang goes to visit at Omashu. King Boomi has his identity hidden from Aang. Aang doesn't know who he is. And King Boomi teaches him a lesson because he still loves him and he's held on to that friendship for over a hundred years. Well, not in this series, it's been Uno reversed. Now King Boomi reveals his identity immediately, and he hates Aang for leaving. He despises him and he kind of wants to kill himself or kill ang i'm not really sure and then only through a confluence of events does ang restore his faith rather than the reverse because you know uno reverse card for reasons because that's what we do in the series do you guys remember commander then admiral Zhao, the villain of season one not just for the avatar gang but the villain for zuko as well he was a competent guy he had rage issues but he was very disciplined and very tactful well uno reverse card to that Because Zhao is a bumbling idiot in this particular series and in fact they said he failed his officer exam three different times because he's so incompetent and ridiculously stupid and absurd and the only reason he gets promoted to Admiral is because Azula is using him as a puppet a puppet through letters by the way which is just another way to cram more dumb boring exposition into this series and he doesn't even come up with the plan to take out the moon spirit on his own he just gets the notice from Azula that that's what he should do and he randomly says at one point in the story that he wants to become the new Fire Lord and he sucks in every possible way because he's been Uno reversed as well. I mean even his death in the series is Uno reversed. Originally he ends up fighting Zuko. Zuko gets the upper hand but then the ocean spirit wants to take him for revenge into the spirit world and Zuko goes to grab him to save him but Zhao would rather die than be saved by Zuko so he pulls away and leaves in this particular one the ocean spirit has no involvement at all Zuko just turns his back on him and he tries to strike against Zuko and
2: No.
1: fighterflare.com Flair.com.
4: And then General Iroh just murders him because... I guess it's different uno reverse now. This isn't a perfect uno reverse but the fact that they're reversing different character traits and whatnot really undercuts the premise of this and the fact that they just Revealed this information too early also really hurts it and I'm talking about of course the relationships between Iroh, Lu Ten, Zuko, and Fire Lord Ozai for those you don't know in the original series Iroh's son Lu Ten died in the siege of Ba Sing Se, which caused Iroh to go on the spiritual journey Journey. Zuko is being treated like crap by his father who never really cared for him, so Iroh becomes Zuko's surrogate father, Zuko becomes Iroh's surrogate son. And this relationship builds throughout the course of the series upon the things that we see, like Zuko's bad relationship with his father, and then it's revealed that Iroh lost his son. But for some reason in this show, they reveal Iroh's son's storyline in episode 4 or 3, I don't remember, but it was really early, and that's even before they reveal the origin of Zuko's scar, so they haven't built up that relationship, which is unfortunate because these are two of the better actors in the show, and you definitely feel it, but it has no time, and a lot of plot lines in this series just have no time. Now look, I'm not saying that these changes are bad because they're changes, obviously when you're adapting something, you have to leave stuff behind and do some things differently. But the thing is, these are bad choices. They change things to make them worse in each and every example that I'm bringing up to you. And there's also changes in the mythology which are dumb. So for some reason in this series, Aang can only connect with his past lives and transform into his past avatar forms when he is in a shrine of the avatars. This limitation was never established in the original series. For some reason, it exists this here, and I can't imagine why this is in the story, except for to set up for the fact that he can't channel and revert to the water avatar in the end of the episode. So it's like a pointless change in order to undo something that wasn't ever done in the original series, and it makes no sense at all. Another pointless change is that the moon spirits, rather than coming to Earth and living as the koi fish in order to be together, the moon and ocean spirit, they just come to Earth only on the ice moon because it's one day a year, and that's supposed to substantially change the story for some reason even though it doesn't change the events at all on top of that for some reason the moon spirits have to be killed with a knife that the water bending avatar made from spirit wood metal whatever weaponry and that's like a part of the thing, so it's like an unnecessary MacGuffin mixed up in there. And again, these changes add nothing except muddying up the mythos, making it worse. But that's not the worst, most egregious problem with this show. Because it's only eight episodes and Avatar The Last Airbender is 22 episodes, one of the strategies that they use is they want to combine and jumble a bunch of episodes from season one and season two in these individual episodes. So when you have the whole thing going on with Omashu... At the same time, you have the Jet storyline happening, but also at the same time, you have the Mechanist storyline happening, who is not at the Northern Air Temple like he was in the original series. He is in Omashu. Now, the problem with jumbling all three of these storylines into the same episode is that you have characters that have individualized arcs that are tied into these episodes, and they can't fulfill those arcs as originally intended. A perfect example of this is Sokka. So Sokka is with the Mechanist, and if you guys remember, Sokka's a tinkerer, he's an idea man, and he helps the Mechanist design what would eventually become the hot air balloon, which becomes the warship that the Fire Nation uses to fly, and by the way, shouldn't be utilized this early in the series anyway, but that's a whole other issue, and you see how smart and innovative Sokka can be. But also, Sokka is crucial to the Jet storyline, because that's all about him trusting his instincts as a warrior, and the fact that Sokka showed mercy to an old man actually allows him to save the village in the end of that particular episode when Aang and Katara fail. But since Sokka can't be in two places at once, he can't share the arc of that particular story. He can't shine there. We can't see that Sokka, even though he's insecure, is actually insanely competent. He's actually quite skilled. So it undercuts his character development. On top of that, because you don't have Katara and Sokka being held hostage by King Bumi, there's no real reason for Aang to engage in the trials of King Bumi, so that storyline doesn't work as well. So you have all these storylines running concurrently in the same episode, but none of them have their impact, because none of them have been designed the way that they should be, and they've been combined very haphazardly, and it's just a problem throughout the course of series. However, the most egregious example of this is in the episode where Aang needs to deal with Heibai, the spirit of the forest. Or, should I say, is in the episode where Aang supposedly needs to deal with Heibai, the spirit of the forest, but for some reason, which is the fact that Ko, the face-stealer, is considered cooler, they end up focusing on him rather than Heibai. Now, this episode also contains the storyline where Aang has to go into the Fire Nation in order to convene with Roku's spirit from the Solstice episode, and it has the blue spirit episode where Aang has to escape from Zhao's custody with the help of Zuko as the blue spirit in order to save his friend's lives. So all of this is combined and jumbled together, but I wanna really focus on this Bai and Ko situation. Now, focusing on Ko rather than Bai would be a lot worse if Bai was the most important spirit in the entire animated series, and Ko was this all style, no substance, cool creature, but works better with the mystery, and everything you reveal about his origin actually makes him worse. And the thing is... Heibai is the most important spirit in the entire series, and Ko is a cool design, he's an interesting character, but again, everything you reveal about his backstory makes the character worse. Let me explain. So I think the Ko the Face Dealer thing is self-explanatory, but in this particular storyline, Aang needs to get a totem of Ko's mother, who is a woman with many faces, who gave faces to humanity, that apparently Roku had in his shrine. So again, you're just jumbling all this crap in the same episode, and he needs needs to trade that for the people that Ko took. But the hei thing is borderline unforgivable, and it fundamentally shows that these new showrunners do not get the entire premise of Avatar The Last Airbender. Because like I said, hei is the most important spirit in the entire series. So to explain why hei is the most important spirit in the overall series, I kind of gotta, you know, give you an idea of the original episode where he debuted, because it kind of explains everything for itself. So in that original episode, Aang shows up in a forest he finds that the forest is torched by firebenders, they just scorched through it, destroyed it, and he's really sad and depressed by it the forest was peaceful, it was in harmony, and then it was wounded by the actions of the Fire Nation, and Hei Bai, by the way, which is a panda bear, presented as very peaceful in nature, also a yin-yang symbol, is something that represents balance, but that balance was thrown off by the Fire Nation, and in response to the balance being thrown off by the Fire Nation, Hei Bai transforms into another form that is raged out, super powerful, a threat to everybody around him, and completely out of control. And you can't overwhelm him physically because he's so powerful. And the way they are able to restore Hei Bai back to his peaceful form is by showing him an acorn. And they give him this acorn, and it represents the fact that the forest will regrow, it will be reborn, the next cycle will continue and balance will be restored and that puts heybai at peace he transforms back into a panda bear you see the yin yang thing and it kind of is the entire premise of the whole goddamn series and the fact that they miss this in order to show you some unnecessary backstory about ko really goes to show you that these netflix guys don't understand avatar the last airbender because everything i just told you about heybai fits perfectly with ang he is somebody who is very peaceful in nature very much in balance but guess what the fire nation destroyed part of the world they threw the world out of balance with their aggression ang also rages out when he goes into the avatar state he is uncontrolled power in that particular state and he needs to be calmed down on top of that the acorn representing the next generation lines up perfectly with the avatar cycle it's almost as if the entire premise of the goddamn series is contained in the heyby episode and when you don't do the heyby episode just this, all the things that follow don't really work. It's also a perfect setup for the death of the moon spirit because the moon and ocean spirit represent yin and yang as well, as the koi fish. And when the moon spirit gets killed, the ocean spirit rages out, turns into a giant monster, and is not satiated until balance is restored, until the moon is restored. So it's also the perfect setup for the end of season one, and also symbolically the same journey that needs to go on throughout the course of the series, but they cut that to give you Ko's mother statue and how he wants that back from Avatar Roku because, wow, Ko is really cool because he's a face dealer and he was a cool character that appeared briefly in the original series. And gosh, he's so cool. Isn't this so much more mature that they're like, that cool thing is way cooler than Hei Bai. So let's cut Hei Bai completely out of the series because that looks cooler because isn't that cool? Didn't you want to know more about Ko? Isn't Ko kind of sound like he's cool? Why why even worry about this thing called the Simba symbolicism a representation of the ideas in the story a visual representation of the balance that needs to be struck in the series what what even what even is that the
0: theme of the show
4: tying in symbolically to ang why would we do that when we could just later have characters do exposition in the most uncomfortable awkward and clunky ways humanly possible instead of having the story and the visual representation of ideas to t- itself. Look I'm sorry guys I know some of you definitely like the series I know that the critics reviews and the audience reviews are relatively positive but when you don't understand the basics of the series you don't understand what's important what needs to be expanded upon what needs to be left in and what doesn't need to be expanded upon then I can't praise your show this is absolutely crucial material and they cut it back for something that they thought was cooler which is fine if you're writing fan fiction but this is supposed to be a same story or some version of the same story, but it has none of the heart, none of the soul, and it doesn't even symbolically represent the same thing. So yeah, Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender is a failure. It's not an M. 9 Shyamalan level failure. It's not the worst thing ever. There's definitely some talent and creativity behind it, but it's not good. It misses the point. It's a poor imitation of the original series. Also, so every time Katara throws water, they use the weakest splash effect and it seems like a total joke. It's like they have somebody off camera throwing a small bucket of water at these characters, which makes water bending look weak and crappy as hell. I never take much stock in the original creators approve this or original creators left the thing because they didn't like the direction it was going in because oftentimes original creators are paid to praise absolute crap and sometimes they leave projects for other reasons. But in this particular case, I do think that the Netflix crew wanted to go in a completely different direction. They missed the whole point of the series. They were disrespecting the source material, and this is what you have right here: a bland, forgettable, not really interesting, weirdly sometimes they CGI Ang's full body for no reason series. That's just kind of really meh when you think about it. You'll forget about it in a week, and I highly recommend whether you're an adult or children's watching the original series because this ain't it, and it doesn't look like ever they're going to get this right in live action which I'm okay with the animated series is timeless it can exist forever and people should go watch it rather than this you're not going to get anything out of this that's better or an improvement on the original all you're going to get is a further degraded version of it which again is not as bad as the movie but it's still not very good but hey those are just my thoughts let me know your thoughts down in the comments below if you like this video then show them by leaving a like subscribe for more content follow me on my social media Support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me talking about Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender. Till next time.
1: Order now.